1: Today we're speaking with Dennis Quartermain. Hey Dennis, how are you?
0: Hey Brent, how are you?
1: I'm very, very well. Dennis is the president of Profound Placement,
0: a boutique
1: headhunting firm based in San Francisco working heavily in the DEI advocacy space, and we'll go deeper into that. Uh, Not only is recruiting the hottest topic in the world right now, but diversity, equity, and inclusion is probably the, the, what do we say, the the blue flame? It's the red-hot tip of recruiting. Yeah, (laughs) right. So it's very, very, very big topic right now. So I'm excited to talk about that. But before we get there, Dennis, tell us a little bit about your background and your career.
0: Sure. I'll give you my, my elevator pitch. Uh, East Coast born and bred. Grew up in New Haven, Connecticut, right where Yale University is. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent the majority of my adult life there. Um, probably about eight years ago now, I got a little froggy and you know realized that even though in a former life, I owned a mortgage bank in New Haven and had a successful business and a partner and employees and all that. I just didn't want to go old and gray fighting with the bank for other people's money. Right. And so i just kind of froggy and leaped it I, I didn't have a job i didn't have anywhere to live and i got on a plane and moved to san francisco and very much with that kind of go west young man i know that was from the 18 somethings but <laughs> it worked for me um and it was about reinventing myself and just kind of stretching limits i could have stayed in Connecticut forever but i didn't want to yeah. and so i've been out on the left coast the best coast for about eight years now um most importantly, and most recently, I am a father. I have a two-week-old sitting right off camera here. He is knackered nicely. So if you hear any fussing, he's actually not really fussy. He makes noises, but they're coos, not cries. So Yes. Yeah. Well, I
1: have, a, I have a friend who always, whenever his baby cries in the
0: background, he goes, uh, uh, I have a shareholder that I need to deal with just a <laughs> second. <laughs> we, we just had him. He is brand new to the world. We named him Adonis Bryant Quartermain. Congratulations.
1: uh, Thank you. They aren't
0: lying when they say that everything shifts when you have a baby. I mean, it's I consider myself pretty worldly in experience, but it is all brand new and I'm loving it. I mean it really yeah,
1: does. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean we could talk for hours about that and uh it's uh you, you look uh strangely rested though, which I'm I'm <laughs> I, I, I don't think I slept for several years when I when I went through that
0: process. That must be your editors taking care of the, the video. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe like forty five minutes at a time. That's lovely. Lovely back to my story. So I basically, you know, I picked myself up, I moved west, I got into recruiting. For me, they were very similar businesses. I used to be in the mortgage business where I would kind of advise and counsel somebody through a somewhat scary major life change. And uh, that's what I do now as a recruiter. Um, you know, and it's, it's been amazing. I, I run a small boutique firm, as you pointed out, and I focus in DEI.
1: So, yeah. So tell me more about Profound Placement and, and really the, the
0: focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Sure. So when I say boutique, it is definitely not meant to be pinky up. Um, I am an army of one, and that is by design. Um, I've had a team in, in, in a former business, and frankly, found myself to really be at my best and able to show up for my clients and candidates when I'm, I'm focused on them. And mm-hmm. so not high volume, but definitely high touch, super mm-hmm. high touch. Um, a lot of the business that I do these days, and I think this is a great sign, it's repeat business from clients that I've placed for before. Um, you know, for me, recruiting is a, a many-headed animal. You've got, you know, the very transactional—you know, five minutes on the phone. Here's the role, title, company, and parking space. Yes or no? Um, I try not to be a pitch artist. I, I really believe in, you know, being full process and and being the center of the relationship that I am trying to essentially sponsor. And so. I focus in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I started the business with a much broader umbrella of communications. And for me, as I've kind of developed, you know, a client set in the business, I've realized that diversity, equity, and inclusion really do sit at the center of all communication, you know, within the, mm-hmm. the per- workplace. And so that has become my focus. It is brave work. It's It's emotionally heavy work, not even so much mm-hmm. for myself, but for the people that I am placing. It's it is a whole different animal to, to be able to talk about those things in, in a meaningful way. And so, yeah. you know, as you said, kind of red hot tip, you know, since especially the George Floyd killing in, in the last year and a half, two years, I feel like the 90s version of D&I, which was about quotas and making sure that you have employee resource groups, has, has really expanded into a conversation about what really needs to be talked about.
1: Yeah, I would love to know more about that. I mean, the uh, space, uh, you know, the chief diversity officer role has been around for years, um, but it's very much evolved and, and certainly one that is uh, very pertinent right now because of all of the issues that you just mentioned. But I'd just be curious to see kind of the types of skills that that person has these days as going into that type of a role. And, you um, and kind of what the companies are expecting, your clients are expecting.
0: You know, change is definitely the right word for that. Transformation mm. is in, in place. I mean, as I kind of tongue in cheek, you know, mentioned just a minute ago, you know, when diversity and equity kind of first came onto the corporate scene, at least it was, you know, it was about how many people of, of which ethnicity are in each team. And, you know, are you giving the employee resource group enough money to buy donuts for their Thursday meeting every two months? You know, and and you need to to lay that cornerstone, but I think that Mm -hmm. things have become much, much more systemic and much more holistic in the way they're being looked at. To your specific question, Ben, the leadership, you know, top-down understanding of of diversity, equity, inclusion has changed immensely in the fact that, and I just had this conversation with a client, a a major, I mean, top five in their industry, 60,000 global employees, and they have... DEI as a function, but it sits Mm -hmm. under HR. It's just another task for their human resources to deal with. And the call came into me as a referral and and basically it was somebody in the C-suite just trying to brain pick for me, does it make sense for us to make a new vertical within the company that specifically focuses on those practices? And I, I, I couldn't be more of a fan. I mean, it is not an HR issue. It is its own animal, and you know. You asked about the skills and the kind of people. Some of my advice to this individual was, you know, and this, this is going to sound a little off-putting, but it, it, these are the kind of conversations that you need to have to have, you know, true change happen. Just hiring somebody that's black doesn't mean that they understand diversity, equity, inclusion. Just mm. putting a woman in that position doesn't mean that they understand the subject matter. Mm-hmm. And so, I think a lot of companies are coming to the understanding that. You need somebody who actually has the skill set. I mean, true training in how to facilitate, how to assess these things. It's not enough to be part of that marginalized set to be able to also go in and make true transformation. And so, mm-hmm. my advice to clients when it comes to DEI is to hire DEI experts, not somebody who has HR experience and DEI was part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it really does need to be its own expertise. It is its own expertise. It's just it hasn't really set its own lane yet in in the corporate world. But I do think that's happening. I mean, that call is indicative of exactly the change that we're, we're talking about.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a holistic organizational effort and change on pretty much every aspect of the business. So I can completely imagine the type of individual that you need to architect that type of a a model. And I would imagine that in general, the recruiting space has been quite challenging and probably very interesting over the last couple of uh, months as we've all lived through this, uh, at least the press has called the great resignation. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you see that impacting businesses generally and how is that shaping up right now for you? You know,
0: to speak to, you know, and, and my client set is what I get to see, but it's a pretty diverse client set. And I do that on purpose. I don't focus in one vertical. That's why I focus on the skill set of my candidates instead of being a tech recruiter or a legal recruiter. You know, I focus on having a network of people that are experts in DE&I. Mm-hmm. The rate of attrition that I am seeing and hearing about is noteworthy, it's, it's high, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that's kind of a push out from companies that aren't giving people what they feel they deserve, you know, the kind of justice and inclusion that they deserve. But it's also a pull from companies that want that talent. And so right. at the end of the, you know, I, I guess the pandemic is finally wrapping up, if that's what we're willing to, to believe. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> People are, well, I don't know either. I read yesterday, there's a new Delta variant. I mean, I'm sure yeah. we dissertate on that, but the, it, it's a very interesting change. It's not your average, hey, I want a new job. It's I want to do something else you know that's what i hear most often from candidates they are thinking a lot more broadly it's not i work for widget maker number 1 and i want to go work for widget maker number 2 for a little more money and a title change it is and i think the pandemic had a lot to do with this you know people took a real deep breath and deep dive and and, and thought that through of where they're at in their career and so my clients are they're hurting i mean they're losing people while trying to hire people on the I guess we'll call it the back end of the process. I've also lost quite a few deals in the last few months, you know, people who mm-hmm. we had fully through the hiring hiring process made an offer to. And there is so much churn in the market right now that if you don't move quick, and I've been telling all my clients is speed. It's not about money or title right now. It's about a full candidate experience, really engaging them the entire time, and it's also about speed because, yeah. you know, I approach somebody and get them hot on XYZ company. If we're not talking an offer in three weeks to a month, they've got four other offers, you know? And so it's, it's really, I don't want to say it's the perfect storm. I actually think it's a good thing that's happening, but yes, everybody's definitely feeling the change.
1: Yeah. And uh, certainly it's because we were living through this, this unusual moment. And and I would just be curious for, for your practice, over the last year, year and a half, how that roller coaster ride has developed. Uh, I can only imagine you were living through some of the some of the challenges in the social justice space last year, and I can only imagine that impacted uh, some of your clients. Perhaps got some of the clients that weren't doing enough um, sure. a bit more active, uh, and just be curious how that's shaped for you.
0: I mean, from my business perspective, you know, February of 2020, I went from having a full plate to offers, you know, pulled, and we're not hiring for this anymore. I think everybody felt that.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I call it like uh, you know my my living room floor experience, where I just was lying on my back looking at the ceiling for <laughs> must have been like. <laughs> four or five hours going, like, how the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Right? It's not
0: even is this happening. It's like, what do I do with this? Yeah, go? But yeah. I think it's also been, you know, one of these few, everybody experienced it. It's not industry-defined. you know, defined. Everybody had to kind of go with the change. And so, you know, I went from full plate to, I guess I had a plate, but there was nothing on it. And what I did in that time was went and got myself smart you know, on DEI and got a DEI certificate, and you know, and so for me, it was actually a good, you know, break a gap. Um, I think my clients and and what I see in here is they didn't lose a lot of people then, but people got thinking. You know, they had time mm-hmm. to sit at home and they spent more time with their families, and and so sometime at the beginning of this year, let's call it March, I felt the wheels start really turning again. People started seeing some sort of light at the end of the tunnel, and then we get to the great, I can think they call it the great attrition, is what I've read as well. You know, I think mm-hmm. things went from a complete full stop, which I don't know has ever happened before, at least not in contemporary times. And then as everybody picked up, every it feels like, especially on the employee side, everybody came back with a different angle. It's not like they stopped and came back aligned the way they were. They they came back with a different mindset.
1: Yeah and have moved forward, as you said, in a, in a very, very rapid manner, wanting to kind of implement these things as quickly as possible. Um, perhaps sometimes companies, though, aren't, can't move as fast as they should. Uh, sure. and, and certainly, I would imagine getting some of these top DEI candidates that that's very much the case. Um, but I mean, as this space evolved, I can only imagine that the diversity, equity, inclusion space will only grow. Um, I think what is the the year 20, 2050 or 2030 that you know the the complete uh, structure of uh, at least the U.S. Uh, demographics are going to be shifted. Yep. I'd be curious to kind of see how you imagine this, this space evolving over the next couple of years.
0: Sure. I mean, I think, as I said at the top, I, the the most important shift and what what the paradigm that I think needs to shift and is happening is to define it as its own function. Mm. You know? and, and, and I think as that has been happening and companies are building DEI specific teams, it, it, it allows for true change. You know, it allows for things from the top all the way to the bottom. It does have to start at the top, but it has to resonate at the bottom. And, the thing that I've seen shift most in the last six months is the mid-level managers buying into it. Because you can have the C-suite, the executive leadership team hot hot to trot, hiring me to hire and, you know, hiring consulting firms to tell them who to, you know, how to build a team out. But when the day is said and done, if it's not bought into in the front line, it really, it's wasted effort. Um, And so that's where I've seen the most change as far as the, long picture out to the you know the 2030s i think that defining its own lane as as a function will will have the effect that everybody's been kind of hoping for and waiting for you know I, i i see possibility for lasting change not just kind of paying homage to the trend of the day
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, Dennis, I mean, this has been amazing talking to you about this. I look at the the market right now, and and it does seem to be the case that every company that I talk to is trying to hire more folks in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. So I will send them your way uh, to have lots of conversations, uh, but also just in general hiring across the board, uh, as I think the pandemic has as perhaps uh, had people reflect and maybe decide that they want to go down a different path or explore different opportunities so um, it's an exciting time if someone wanted to to get connected with you dennis how would they best
0: reach you i think my email is the best way to do that and and i'll take the the dairy queen jokes my email is dq at profound com, and everybody cracks the you know (laughs) <laughs> the dairy queen joke and i just learned it i've learned to accept it i I feel those.
1: You know days. what? I think it's only a good thing. It makes it more memorable, it's right? Memorable. So yeah. uh, you know, that comes from, that's my my marketing spin on the whole thing. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for being on the show today. We've been speaking with Dennis Quartermain. He's the president of Profound Placement, which is a boutique headhunting firm based in San Francisco, focused on the diversity, equity, and inclusion advocacy space. Uh, Dennis, thank you so much for uh, highlighting all of the stuff that's been happening in the market recently. And we look forward to having Back soon. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Cheers, Dennis.